I'm Elia Einhorn, and you're listening to the TalkHouse Music Podcast. The TalkHouse team set up camp at Pitchfork Music Festival in Chicago earlier this summer and recorded some fantastic artist-on-artist talks. In upcoming weeks, you'll hear conversations that took place there between Julia Holter and Broken Social Scene's Kevin Drew, Porch's Aaron Main and Shamir, BJ the Chicago Kid and Mick Jenkins, and Spencer Tweedy and the band Whitney. Today's episode is a Pitchfork Music Fest twofer. As the main event, you'll hear a hilarious and insightful conversation between Thundercat and Kamasi Washington, top-tier musicians who rose to prominence through their collaborations with huge artists such as Flying Lotus and Kendrick Lamar. But first, we've got a short for you, a one-question wonder, if you will. This very brief chat between Carly Rae Jepsen and Brian Wilson took place just before the latter took the stage to perform the Beach Boys' Pet Sounds in full at the festival. Wilson is famously a man of few words, but he agreed to answer a question from fellow singer-songwriter and fellow Pitchfork performer Jepsen. Yep, that's Carly Rae Jepsen of ubiquitous Call Me Maybe fame. Following the massive success of Call Me Maybe from her 2012 album Kiss, Jepsen released the critically acclaimed record Emotion last year. Brian Wilson, who really needs no introduction, was the leader and creative genius behind the legendary Beach Boys. He penned and produced hits like Good Vibrations, California Girls, and God Only Knows, amongst dozens of other all-time classics. Jepsen has spoken in interviews about how she considers herself a songwriter first and foremost. So it's no surprise that when I asked her if she had a question for Brian Wilson, she immediately decided to ask one about songwriting. Check it out. This is Carly Rae Jepsen with the Talk House. I'm about to meet Brian Wilson, shaking my boots. Here we go, let's do it. One question, go. Brian, this Hi. is Carly. It's such an honor to meet you. Hi. I'm gonna ask you the question. Hi. Right? Hi. Hello. Hello. Um, so my question for you, um, obviously you're a songwriter of all songwriters. How did it start for you? What was the first time you realized that you had a gift of songwriting? And When I was 19, I wrote Surfer Girl. That's when I first knew I had a gift. Really? Yeah. On and just I, acoustic guitar? Yeah, no, on piano. On piano. On piano. Yeah. Okay. What was it sparked from? Where did the inspiration come came from? came from um, the four freshmen. Okay. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you All so right. much. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Thank Bye-bye. You. Bye-bye. Short and sweet. Brian Wilson recently made a mix for a project I was working on with Pitchfork Radio, and he included this song by the just-mentioned four freshmen as one of his absolute favorites. Take a listen. Oh. 
Thundercat Bruner and Kamasi Washington grew up together in South Los Angeles. They both came from musical families, and at early ages, Thundercat took up the bass and Washington the tenor sax. The guys came up through the jazz world, mastering their instruments and forming deep musical ties and bonds of friendship with a coterie of musicians that they work with to this day. Thundercat has worked with artists as varied as Erica Badu, Suicidal Tendencies, and rapper Vic Mensa, while Washington has performed with Lauren Hill and Most Def. And of course, they've both collaborated with fellow Angelinos, Flying Lotus, and Kendrick Lamar. Last year, Washington released his breakout album, The Epic, a three-disc jazz fusion record featuring a full choir and orchestra. And Thundercat dropped the funky The Beyond, Where the Giants Roam LP, where he not only played bass, but took on lead vocal duties. This hilarious and touching talk takes in a lot of history. It's great hearing how the two went from being obscure session musicians, to first call hired guns, to celebrated solo artists in their own right. Their conversation also touches on Thundercat's larger-than-life brother, acclaimed drummer Ronald Bruner Jr., getting fired from gigs when they were unable to contain their musical mischief and desire to play expressively in their own voices, and how, eventually, that same individuality became their greatest asset and the key to their successes. It also covers Thundercat's last conversation with Jay Dilla, his songwriting input on Flylo's records, and how working with Kendrick Lamar on To Pimp a Butterfly was different from other collaborations because of the freedom they were given. Their backstage conversation begins with the guys talking about how they met. Check it out. <laughs> it's gonna get real abstract up in here in a minute. <laughs> They're gonna have to edit the conversation with specific words and the first time I met Kim. <laughs> where all these pieces coming from? It was mostly profanity. <laughs> it was about 70% profanity. <laughs> At least 70%. <laughs> oh, shit, man. Nah, <laughs> That's not how he was a baby. Nah, we were babies. Childhood suppressed <laughs> memories and shit. Oh, yeah. So my third birthday, <laughs> Ronald Bruner Sr. brought his two kids here, <laughs> and they dominated us all. <laughs> and I grew up to look like a woman for a very extended period of my adolescence. Nah, yeah. Our parents played together, so it was kind of one of those things that was like, we'd meet up at the rehearsal room. Like, I don't know. And we, we all get whoopings. <laughs> <laughs> For some, one thing or another. Caught me last week. <laughs> like, you couldn't find me, I'd be hiding somewhere in the bass drum. Ronald be to mess somebody's whole entire shit up. Like, you could always depend on Ronald to do something worse than you did. Oh, yeah. So, like, oh, your, yeah. your bad thing wouldn't be that bad? Oh, yeah. Ronald was, like, the sitcom, the walking sitcom. We'd have moments where, like, we would, like, like non-music related, where we would just be hanging out. Like, it was always about music. But we'd try to do some shit like go to the movies. <laughs> and it, it, I mean, I kid you not. Everybody would be there for this moment. We'd be like, oh, man, we're going to go check out. I don't even know what movies was out at the time. Like. I can't even think of the movies I was at at the time. But it'd be like, you know, you call your mom when you go to the movies, let her know what you're doing. 
And so there was one specific night we went out and, you know, it was like one of those things where it's going to be a little bit later than you would normally come home. You know, like, you know, what time do you think you're going to come home around two o'clock? You know, the movie, yeah, we going to movie around 12. So I called my mom first <laughs> and I, I asked my, you know, I called my mom and I'm like, hey, mom. Uh, uh, hey, mom, we out here at the movies. Uh, uh, she's like, OK, what time are you going to be back? And I was like, I don't know, maybe two, three. And she's like, okay, well, don't make any noise when you walk in the house. And I hung up and everybody lost it because it was like, it was <laughs> it was so different for my brother when he would call home. So we sitting there and we were like, we did an experiment. He was like, okay, Ronald, now you call home. <laughs> I remember this. I remember that. Ronald, he couldn't even get a word in. Like, as soon as she answered, get home right now. <laughs> as soon as she answered the phone, it was like, hey, get, bring your butt home right now. It was like, it was no like, I'm with Steven. I'm with, like, I'm with, like, we, it was none of that. It was just like, it didn't matter. So it was like, you know, yeah, you could always count on Ronald to just be yeah. way with <laughs> you. Yeah, man, you know, so, you know, those moments growing up, there's, you know, history just riddled with moments like that, you know, like playing yeah. gigs and stuff. And, you know, we started playing like it was, for me, I wasn't, I wasn't personally in high school at the time. We actually started playing. Yeah, either. yeah, yeah. Steven was younger than us. And it was I was like, in middle school. We would drag him around places. Oh, like, my gosh. Like, late, because me and Ronald were like, we were crazy. We didn't like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we used to do things like, we used to do things like go sneak into a club. Five nights in a row. <laughs> it's the like same at, club. At this point. And not pay. Like, five nights in a row. We just was here yesterday and didn't pay. Try to come with and a mustache. come right back. <laughs> with a trench coat. Try Every to... day we'd be lying. To, we'd like, today, oh, yeah, we're on a Chris Day's list. We ain't never met Chris Dave in our life. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, I'm on a Nat Reeves' uh, list. <laughs> just go check with him real quick. Like, man, because yesterday when you said he's on Chris's list, you wasn't on the list. <laughs> I know that, but today it's... <laughs> and we used to do it like those things on purpose. Like, we wait for them to be playing so that the dude couldn't really go ask. <laughs> <laughs> and just get him every time, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One time, one time we was... Uh, did you come with that time and Ronald lied to me? Like, he called me up. He was like, hey, man, I'm going to see Dennis Chambers. I was like, man, Ronald, I'm on E and I ain't got no money. He's like, oh, I got gas money. I think you were with us. You were with us. I was. I, mean, I would always probably be quiet. I was kind of like. I know. Like Stephen, Stephen probably knew he didn't have no money. <laughs> so they get in the car and we get to driving. Oh my god! We get about halfway there. I'm like, hey man, maybe we should stop and get gas now. He was like, I don't got no money. <laughs> yeah, all the way on the already <laughs> in full transit. I know. I'm like, Ronald, I can't even make it back to your house now. Yeah, you're going to have to push the car to the place we get into. So we run out of gas, about two blocks away from the gig. Oh, my God. Sneak in to Dennis Chambers' concert, first off. Oh, my God. And then afterwards, I was like, Ron, you got to ask Dennis for some gas money. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he didn't want to do it. He, he, was, he was hemming and hawing. He didn't want to mm -hmm. do it. And me and he was like, go ask him, Ronald. Yeah, you done brought us all out here. We <laughs> just about to sit here. We're going to be stuck in Hollywood. Just Then, like, yeah, then, then, then we, what happened? So he went and asked Dennis for some money. Dennis gave him $20. We had no gas can. So we had to push the Mustang <laughs> looking for a gas. There wasn't no Google. Yeah. You had to push the push your car looking for a gas station. You don't want to call your parents and you want nothing because you, <laughs> you had to, you know, you had to do it yourself because it was like, if I call somebody, it's going to set the tone for how they deal with me for the rest of the next couple weeks. Like, Dad, come help. I'm like, all right. But you're not going out next week, though. <laughs> like, you're not going to be so quick to leave next week. 
Uh, but yeah, you know, it's kind of different things like that throughout history, you know. It's like there's, there's a kindred spirit to that, to like, just like, we're going to get the music however we're going to get it. You know, like today we both were just talking about how we just got in and have not had a chance to even breathe. It was like, like you land, like you literally throw you out the plane onto the stage. Like, so check it out. We're going to open the door. We're going to drop you off right there. Into the stage. I know. <laughs> aim for the green. I'm like, aim for the green. Yeah. Don't aim for the black. <laughs> That's fire. <laughs> aim for the green. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Can you land the, the plane? The going to be playing as you landing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, oh, my God. Like, yeah, we it's, it's it's pretty intense, but it's, it's I mean for the most part it's always been like that. You know, we always put ourselves in positions to like always be you know in the mindset to play and try to keep playing and playing as much as possible. You know, and I feel like because we had that as a as a constitution as kids, you know, we kind of you know for, for me personally it was like Kamasi was like a a you know a genuine like push into that because didn't have a lot of friends. We have a lot of like even our friends now like. A lot of our friends don't really play like they used to just because it became like a passing tone or it was something that was a stepping stool to something else. But for us, it was always about the playing. It was always like, hey, are we going to play over here? Are you going to play over here too? <laughs> it's like, and we would go, dist- like to be honest with you, if you had us in your band at any point, you struggled very immensely. <laughs> like, you, you, I'm just not thinking about that. Yeah, your band always became our band. It was intense. You'd be fighting with Ronald. It'd be mad because I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I had ADD. I would be like a fly. And you'd be like, Stephen, play back what I said. Like, huh? He's <laughs> like, were you listening? But, you know, I would play it back. But, you know, you got Kamasi over here. It's just, you know, you don't give him a solo. It would be like <laughs> 45 oh minutes God. later. Yeah, everybody be on the side of the stage, like sitting down, like, he going. It's like, he's really going. And it'd be like, yeah, man. And we would just be going with it. We'd be like, let's go, you know. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, But it kind of stuck with us, you know. It really did, you know. The ethic, you know. But I definitely feel like that I, that wouldn't have existed if there wasn't a Kamasi there, you know. Like, seriously. For me, it was always like a thing of I kind of looked up to him a lot, you know. But I, would, I was always, like, even for me, singing right now is like a weird thing. I always say it, but it's like. I was a really quiet kid. Like, you know, I was like, I used to get bullied because I looked like a girl. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm the guy yeah. at lunchtime that would sit around and draw, you know. Yeah, Steven, you know, the whole like, everybody likes to contrast weird now. Steven was doing that way before that people were doing that. Like, we all were like, Steven must have like prayed to God, changed the earth, changed the whole world so that I like, okay. everybody else likes it too. I'm like, how did this happen? How did all of a sudden, like, dressing way out crazy? How did, like, Steve, how did you do this? How did you make the world, how did you adjust the world to you? You couldn't get me in a suit. (laughs) Oh, I mean, one time we had a gig. We had a gig. We had a gig. We was wearing all black. So I go to Steven's house to pick him up. I'm like, yeah, Steven, uh, so you know we got to wear all black. He was like, all black. I don't know, man. (laughs) So he, like, he comes out with a black shirt. I'm like, okay, we'll just drop on some black pants and we cool. And we go in his closet. I'm like, pink pants. <laughs> Purple, orange, Ain't no black, <laughs> Mandarin, man, Jinko like, jeans. I'd be having like Jinko jeans. Like, I know. Super, like, I was like polka dots. I no like you. Black. You got every color except some black pants. Huh? I, I used to have to borrow my dad's clothes because I just I I don't know. I just never. <laughs> it was like telling me to do something specific was like telling me not to do it. <laughs> so it was like I would nod and say yeah, but then it would just like come out like wrong. 
and backwards. <laughs> it was just, just, just. And that's kind of stuff too. It was, it was like like we were all such individuals that we were constantly influencing each other. Like Stephen saying, like you know. You know, like we had this band called the Young Jazz Giants. You know, that was me kind of pulling us together. And then, like, you know, like when Stephen put his record out, when he put out the Golden Age Apocalypse, that really lit a fire on all the rest of us. Like, man, we had always talked about us, like, really putting our music out there. And he did it. And it was like, and we were, like, tripping because it was like, all of a sudden, like, the whole world, like, knew about our friend that, like, <laughs> we always knew Stephen was the dopest, but it was like, all of a sudden, everybody else knew. We were like, have you heard of this guy named Thundercat? I was like, Steven? <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been told, I told you about Steven two years ago. <laughs> you know, and it was like, so it was like, that was like a thing that we all were like, man, yeah, we, you know, we got something. It's like, because we were all such individuals and we, and we maintained that, like, even through getting fired from off gigs. Oh, man. And, the and fired like, stories. Getting, that should be a T-shirt. Out. That should yeah. be part of your like merch. Yeah. Fired with an exclamation. Yeah. Oh yeah, You're fired. Like no. in if you're gonna be individual, you will be cussed out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> in public, so many, on a stage, on so many levels. <laughs> on so many levels, man. <laughs> we all have our little. You can come back to the house and say, "What happened, man?" Man, I'm going to trip because I took a 25 minute solo. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> some real shit, man. You know. I'm expecting you to like, you know, like a lot of the time, especially when you plan, there's cats that always like, you know, there's nobody has a gauge of like what is like intense or like, you know, really like, you know, watered. It's like it's almost like there's a very gray area a lot of the time unless you play or your your ears are that in tune. So it's like. You know, we we grew up kind of hard line. Like I was saying, playing, don't leave the stage idle for about <laughs> for about more than five. Don't sneeze with Ronald, with Ronald playing. Don't don't sneeze with Ronald in the band. Uh. A sneeze was just loud enough for him to get like like several thirty second notes in, and for you to just get confused and be like, "Did somebody was my sneeze that loud or was it was like it was intense?" Like oh, his name was Snoop, yeah. Like, and then Ronald and Steven got a little funny little sense of humor. Like no. They like throwing people off, so now you playing and they're trying to throw you off. They trying to confuse you, and I know it. And I'm like, <laughs> look at these by playing like a slight hair, <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, changing one note of the chord, and Ronald going to sit the beat just ever so slightly, and now they're lost, and they're over there giggling and laughing to each other. And I'm like, you know we gonna get fired, right? They gonna fire me too. <laughs> it's coming for all of us. Yeah, we all gonna get fired. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I need this gig. Yeah, like you and your homeboys. So you're like, wait a minute, like. <laughs> we yeah. try to try to distance ourselves. We try to come over to Leah like, yeah, it's crazy what they were doing, right? <laughs> Don't make no <laughs> sense whatsoever. Just, just ignorant. Just ignorant. I just don't even understand it. <laughs> I saw you laughing too, Kamasi. You fired too. Like, oh. <laughs> you, try, you try to slide over to the, <laughs> to slide to the good Ronald, <laughs> what are you? <laughs> nah, man, but yeah, that's you know, the, the, this is our, this is like our childhood for real. You know, it's like that's how we grew up, man. Yeah. And then you know, in the course of video games and you know, struggles with relationships, <laughs> you know, real life, you know. But um, I mean, you know, that's, I mean, it's the fun part. You know, it honestly is the fun part. You know, and I think that was one thing we would fight for for the shit to not get ruined. And it's, it's like you have like so many people's experience with the music that would be so twisted or like, you know, contorted, and they wanted you to learn their book of how it's supposed to go. 
And we didn't really have any reference as to which way made sense other than what we knew, which was, and it was passed down to us. Like you're saying, like from our parents, they used to play together, you know, and I feel like it is something specific to LA, you know, to a certain degree, because it is knowledge that gets passed down and, and emotion and the way to feel and think sometimes, you know, and we grew up very fortunate to have each other and parents that cared about the music like that to where they, they embedded it in us. It was almost like, they like broke us before we even knew we were broke. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so it's like you start out just on a thousand. Yeah, like, okay, you know, one <laughs> and then the two and the, you know, it's just like immediate. Yeah, the music was so, and it's so hard that it was like we didn't. It was like twelve of us in the band, and sometimes it'd be three, four people in the audience. Band would, be, and we'd be playing so hard and wow. long. Like we play a four hour set, like it was a thousand. It was ten thousand people there. Yeah. Like there's a recording we have. And recording, you swear, like, they must have been at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> right. There's two, about two splattered claps here. Kaplap, kaplap, kaplap. <laughs> band clapping to sound like this a million people. And stuff. We had the, the band would be so big, he'd be like out the side of the building. It'd be like one of the keyboard players' keyboard would be hanging halfway out the side exit. It was intense, man. You know? But we were coming off a tour where we was playing for 60,000 people at the same time. So it was like... Yeah, it was a real imbalance. Almost it like a weird psychological imbalance to where yeah. you're supposed to go, I'm supposed to figure it out between there. You know? And, you know. Yeah, so it was like, it was an interesting thing is that like, of, of this group of musicians that's from LA now, there's a lot of individualism. I think that that it came from that. It was like, we were like, it's such a bipolar world. We were on the biggest gigs being fired from the smallest gigs, <laughs> right. playing our own gigs and like you develop just like an algorithm almost. You yeah. start to see you get to see between things a bit, you know, you go, oh, okay. Yeah. And so then you look up and then all of a sudden like you have a sound. And it's like that thing that like people used to fire you over, now they're fighting to hire you to get that same thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it was it's an interesting thing. Like I'm telling you, like like when Steven's record came out and it was like it was like these things that he, he's been doing his whole life that like I just musically like recognized. But obviously he grew, you know, and it was like the musicality was different. It was it was stronger, but it was like, like man, I remember like people used to yell at Steven. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, because like because of like his bass tone. And now it's like everyone wants to try to get that. No one can get it. And it's like he used to like, I literally see people like, no, turn the bass up over here. Turn this down, and it's like, yeah. mm-hmm. and now that same tone, because he just stuck with it. He was like, man, that's me. And it was like, it's like a trip how that, like, I remember, like, f- him fighting to keep himself, yeah, you know? Man. And then it's like, you look up, and all of a sudden, like, I fought my way through all these years of people trying to conform me and turn me into a, base, a, a, a musician that was more normal, basically. <clears throat> like, Maybe we couldn't conform. I don't know if we were really not trying to or not, or or if <laughs> we just you, couldn't do it. You know what I mean? You're, just, you're a kid. You know, certain stuff you're not really processing, regardless of what somebody throw at you. You'd be like, all right, I got it. And it's like, it doesn't even hit you before it stops. It's like, it's like, uh, yeah. sure. Yes. You're like, you get it? Absolutely. Yeah, it's like it's like, <laughs> like people, you know, like, hey, Kamasi, can we can you take your solos a little bit shorter? Oh yeah, no problem, no problem. So instead of fifteen minutes, I'm gonna play fourteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cool. <laughs> right. That was cool with you. No. Okay, I do a I'm little. I, I bring it. I I I I I I bring it in thirteen and a half. Don't even worry about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, man, full on, man. But that's that. We needed that. You know, we needed that for sure. You know, and 
that's where we that's 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 where we are you know now you know it's like kind of like the culmination of that you know but um our lives have intertwined in different ways in different places where it's like it's like there's a common thread through a lot of it but it's like even with the experiences they were like very different working with guys like you know like i mean from kendrick to or from flying lotus to kendrick you know that's that's the part that everybody sees you know, and like nobody sees the other, you know, the, the the parts that lead up to that and stuff like that. For me, at one point, I didn't know necessarily what I was beating at, but it be, you know what it came from? It came from me producing music and like writing tracks from my bass and realizing that it had, I had to play the other roles because it was like, it was almost like a overcompensating for the fact that I didn't play everything. So I would try to like play the different roles with the bass. So I would be jumping between different things and like trying to figure out, well, this would probably sound like this if this was, you know, and I'm gonna try to get close to that, you know, and I would try to make music and complete tracks based on that. And that's what around that time where the the thing where the tone thing became a serious issue because I just kind of found where it was like, I felt I could hear myself and I could still, you know, people hated it. Yeah, people hated it a lot. And, uh, and I was very like, I don't even want to say, I guess one track mind is the, but you know, but it was kind of like, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just you know, I just mean, I mean to like offend anybody. I would just be like. But you know, even the homies liked it. You know what I mean? Like we liked it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was like, <clears throat> I think part of that thing was like, people don't realize like we play on a lot of records together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Kendrick was just very gracious and like, he, he, he. His mind was big enough. Yeah, to kind of one let, like, so I came in, like, not really, because they had already been working on the record for two years before I got, got there. So I, I came in not really knowing what they had been doing. I but just knew they'd been it. doing. He felt it. He could feel, like, the, he could feel the, it was, it's almost like the energy was too, it was, like, too close to where it was, like, it was, like, again, like, this life that we've lived together, it's, like, there's no way it's not going to translate. No way. By the time that I had gotten to working with Kendrick, I mean, there's the, <laughs> there's kind of a bit of grooming that happened, you know, in a different way, like, you know, where, like, um, a good example would be, you know, I, I rarely talk about it every once in a while, but I do. But, like, uh, I was a very, very, very heavily involved in this group called Saw Rock Creative Partners. And a lot of people, you know, knew about them and, you know, still know about them and, you know, but didn't, you know, my, my involvement would be like, you would just literally call me the bass player. Yeah, the bass player, you know, but it's like I was also creating tracks and doing stuff with them and singing backgrounds and doing things. And, um, you know, for me, it was like I started realizing it was more like it was a songwriting thing, but I didn't have there was no place for it. It would just be like either you make a bunch of tracks for people or you just shut up and play bass. <laughs> and he's like, you better have the right tone. And he'd be like, uh, you know, but I would always be creating music. And there was a moment for me like, I, you know, I shared this with my brother a little earlier where I knew things were changing when right before Jay Dilla died, like I remember having a conversation with him when he was on his way to Brazil. And the conversation was, he's like, when I get back to LA, me and you are gonna sit down and work. And I don't, you know, like, again, I don't always talk about those moments like that. It's like, I remember that moment and I didn't know what to say or do. It wasn't like the, he, he kind of saw through it. And it was like, he's like, okay, I, yeah, you play bass, but I know what you do. It never happened because, you know, of course he passed away. But then in my mind, it set in my mind, okay, there is something different happening. And I just started walking down that. So by the time I'd gotten the fly low, fly low had known of me through Sara and Jay Davey. So the, the moment getting the fly low, it was like, I mean, the best way to describe it for me would be like, have you ever seen like a, a Nacho Libre? 
the moment where it's like, you know, they, they do that, you know, like they fight over the nacho chips in the alley and then they decide to team up. <laughs> and this is like the handshake and then you get on the car. And it, that was like the moment for me with Lotus. And like, you know, it's like at first it would always just say featuring Thundercat. Like on Cosmo Grandma, it was like, oh, featuring Thundercat. But I was writing music with them back then. I was I was featured on the song because I was singing. But it's just I was just as involved with You're Dead as I was with Cosmo Grandma. I've been with them through that whole process. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, by the time you've seen me, <laughs> it's like it was something else, you know. But um, the story with Lotus even travels further back, you know, when we were younger, too, because it was like, I'll, I'll let you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, like the first gig we did, like, so we, we grew up a little, as little kids together. And then we, got, we started a band, the Young Jazz Giants. Uh, when I, was, I think Steve was in like seventh, eighth grade, I was in like ninth or tenth grade, and the first gig we did was the John Coltrane competition, and uh, when we won it. Um, Robbie Coltrane brought his little cousin with him to give us the award, and it was Flying Lotus. You know, was, I think y'all stayed in touch, right? Like, cause they were like, no, no, he was very again. He was another quiet one. Like, I didn't. You know, again, Cause they were closer was, in age. I think because he was. Well, yeah, it, you know, but it's like it's like that's what I was saying. Like, it's. The stories are so interweaved, and some you know it's like it's hard to pinpoint moments where because it, it's like the first time I even met Flying Lotus, I was the first time like I consciously was like there. It was like at South by Southwest, and he may have remembered from when we were children, but I didn't. You know, I was just kind of, you know, it's like oh yeah, this is Thunder King. He's like oh yeah, I know who you are, and I was like, okay, <laughs> like hey, I know who you are, dude. You know, and. You know, we were like, we used, it was kind of like, yeah, man, we got to hang out at some point. But we, it was like a year or two in between us actually like, okay, let's hang out. You know, you know kind of took off, you know, in a different manner, you know. These moments that also seem so like, you know, like, like, whoa, where did that come from? It's like, they weren't just out of nowhere a lot of the time, you know. Yeah, it feels really, it feels really ordered. You know what I mean? Like, even like Lotus, like, we meet one little time, happenstances, kids. But then, like, you look at, like, our interests, and it's like, man, musically, just us all being in anime and, like, comic books, and it's, like, video games, like, and music. Yeah. And it's like, okay, wow, that's interesting. And then, like, same thing with, like, you know, me and Steven. It's like, you know, we started playing this, this band called Multi School. I'm like, hey, man, you like Dragon Ball Z? Yeah, I love Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, like, yeah. How, do you, how does that, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, that was Final like, Fantasy X came out. You know what I mean? We like, sat on that couch. And played that motherfucker from beginning to the end. <laughs> yeah, like three days straight, full on. We both were like had like sleep depravity high. Like, hey, Stephen, are you seeing things too? <laughs> Just like, like you want to get something to eat? Like, I've been seeing things for about seven eight hours now. Come on, like, we should get some air. We should go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, like we should. Go I don't like this if I'm seeing now. I don't, I don't like this if I'm seeing right now, Stephen. Let's go to sleep. Yeah, you know, and it's it, but it's like they the interest is what it's like the glue between things, you know. It's like yeah. the ability to always come back to the reality of it, which what it was for us, which it always was, was just yeah. like and I think, I think check like, this out, you know. Like the big thing that happens is happened that happened recently. Like, like I was saying when I, when I came in at Kendrick's sessions, that was different. Like we used to play, we did sessions for Snoop, we did sessions for. For Puffy and like we did sessions for Quincy Jones, all these different we played on all these different things. But it was like normally you come in and I'm like, my friends are on the record, I already know that, and they they are they have hidden themselves into the music in a way <laughs> that you would not, never know it was them. So I saw I'm, I was kind of 
low key expecting. I'm like, oh, okay. I wonder how Stephen hit himself in this joint. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wonder how Terrace has somehow figured out a way to hide this massive musician who I know to have all this stuff to part of him. He's like, he's like, it's like, let me, let me, let me, let me hide the moon and the ocean. Great. <laughs> and it's like mm, I can see you, and, and, and we do it. And we do it. We do it as musicians. We figure out a way to like compact all this thing that we have into something that like fits neatly into this little compartment. Mm-hmm. And so I come into to, to hear the, to music, and I'm like, "That's full fledged Stephen right there. <laughs> That's a whole full fledged chunk." And I was like, "Oh wow! So y'all not in this session heightened?" You know, then I hear Terrace take a solo. I'm like, "That's a full blooded." Terrence Martin solo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, so we don't got to hide. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow, man, when did this happen? Yeah. We've been hiding on records for decades. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it was like, now we get to like actually, you know, be ourselves. And I was like, oh, wow, that's really, wow, okay. This is cool. And so it was like, they kept telling me too, like, come on, you don't got to, because I was so used to like, okay, I'm, I'm going to sneak a little sharp 11 in here, right? <laughs> Just for a split little second. Nobody going to know it's there but me. And they're like, come on, you don't got to do all that, man. Just go ahead and yeah, just put it in there. I'm like, yeah, man. like shh. Kendrick going to hear you. <laughs> don't listen to them, Kendrick. I ain't going to put no strange notes in your, in right, your songs. Right, right, right. But he was like, totally. And it was like, it was like that, 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 that moment of understanding, like, oh, okay, wow. Like, and it goes back to me saying, like, like people, like, when, 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 when Stephen put his record out, people wigging out over these things that he does. I'm like, that's funny because he's been doing this for a long time, but just he was never allowed to do it. And like, he put his own record out, and it was like, oh, now he get when he put his own record out. What that did was like, no one is like inhibiting you. No one's telling you that you like he said like you know now I can play all the parts myself like I want to. Like before, it's like, hey man, get out the guitar player's parts. Yeah, <laughs> get out, get out, get out of his lane. I don't even want to but say his, any names, man. People used to but say like, wild stuff to me. Just but on his record, bass players don't play a six string, and they'd be like, "Sure, we don't." Like, All right, let me <laughs> but, get my four string just so it makes you feel better. <laughs> Here you go. It's a yeah. four string, and look, it doesn't have any tone. That's just like you like it. Just dirt, nothing. You want me to just go ahead and run in traffic after I finish playing? And I was like, "That's, that's, that's how it would feel, man." It'd be like, it'd be like, sure. But that, was a, that was a revelation. Re- revelation for all of us. It's like, oh, but if you put out your own record and you show people. Like this is what I'm actually trying to do, and that's what it was. It was like, oh, this, is, oh, that's what that actually is. You know what I mean? That's what you were actually you were trying to give that to me all these years. Like, <laughs> yep, and you kept saying no. I was like, oh, I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know that's what you were trying to give me. Oh man! And so it was like, be you in know, space, man. We would be in space. <laughs> It's yeah. the best feeling ever. I, I like the memories that I can. I can. Oh literally. man, like Rafael Sadiq. <laughs> you know, we play. We all over the place on that. And and, and 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 like to their credit, like they these these artists definitely knew our talent because they gave us a chance and they put us on the gigs and they they took us on tour with them and you know and it, we grew from it too. We learned from them and like each time, like because each time for me at least, every time I got on a gig and I had to kind of like. Figure out a way to. I mean, I would say I was high masking myself, but like I had to, I had to learn your music, so I could figure out how I could 
put this thing that I like to do in it. So I had to like really, really learn it and go like, oh, okay, this is what you're doing. How can I put this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Constantly. <laughs> it was like just, diabolical. We were like, yeah. nah, how could we? And you can't, you, we, like, we would know, but it'd be like almost like mental between us. We'd be like, how are we gonna fuck this whole shit up? <laughs> Ronald, the best thing ever was having a brother like my older brother, Ronald Bruner Jr. Like, cause he was like, he's a bit of a spark in the real way. Like, you know, everybody used to pick on Ronald because he was just so like out, like, you know, he had all kind of nicknames called him Crash and Burn because you blink, like I said, you would blink and he would just, it would turn into Mahavishnu Orchestra on like a Snoop gig. Like, no matter what it was, it would just be like, you'd be doing your song in seven by the end of the song. You're like, <laughs> well, how did I get to this? Again, it's like these moments that like, it was like we would kind of lean on each other in, in very interesting ways. Almost like having somebody there behind you to always keep you like moving forward and up as compared to like, you know, sliding down a, like a mud, you know, and you're just like, what the hell is going on? You know, it's funny. You know, it's like, it's funny. We've like even lost friends throughout the years that, you know, like you would never, like, you know, your dad, our dad, my dad, my dad would always tell me something like, you know, you know, like every, his generation had the people that, you know, that he just would be like, you know, you know, get strung out and do something weird. Something would happen. You know, you'd see him on the street when we were kids. I didn't understand it. He's like, man, I went to high school with that dude. And I'm like, what does that mean? You're like my dad's like, could that be you? What are you trying to tell me right now? You know, but like, like even with guys like Austin Peralta and like Zane Musa, you know, these guys that we grew up with that were genuinely, if they were here now, it would be scary. They were like, <laughs> to us, they were like forces to be reckoned with musically. It'd just be like, yeah. it's it's it, it would be intimidating to see a person that could comprehend and like process so much so quickly. But you know, they you know they flickered out and just disappeared on us. You know, it's like. Even with those moments, it's like, it's it's like it's the fact that we're still here. Like hearing my friends laugh in that other room that I've known since I was a child. Nothing can make up for that, you know. Like nothing can. And there's no amount of anything, you know. It's like no amount of like you know gigs and like you know I'm working. It's like it's not that. It's like it's like real life, you know. And it's like it just it's it to me it's like it's, it's inspiring in itself, you know, because it's like it's like it is a different time. Like you know, Kamasi mostly tours like by himself now. Me too. I tour a lot by myself, you know. And it, it's like people are finding their bearings in different ways and different manners. But it's like again, you know, here we are. And it's weird. Like it's like we we always it's like it's like when one of us kind of makes a milestone, we all kind of jump up. You know, it's like when. Like his brother Ronald, when he when he went to go play with Kenny Garrett, Oof. it was like he came back, and we were like, "Yeah, he, it was what's like that? He, had, he had that glow. It was like you scared the as shit to play with him. He was like, it was know. like, yeah, like when what what what, what the what, fuck? <laughs> the hell is this? We can get the world stage at five o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, let me see this. <laughs> and it was like, and so we Wizardry. all we like we all bumped up, and, and and it happened like different parts of our lives. I'm just like, it's like I remember like. I remember when, like, when Stephen, like, you know, got into like Stanley Clark, or at least from my perspective, I remember, and I remember him giving me the, that that self title record, oh, and I was like, man, it's like it kind of just changed my whole like, okay, fusion exists, wow, man. yep, let me let me change my whole thing real quick, you know, or like um, like my friend Terrace when Terrace started making beats and like producing, oh man, like you know, like none of us had ever ever really even really thought about doing that we would write songs play gigs it was like oh like buy some electronics and like 
actually record our own music? Yeah. Oh. Sell it as a. Okay, let's. And then so everyone kind of had a bump up, you know. When Steven started playing with suicidal tendencies, it's like, oh, wow, you can like combine like rock and roll like that like you, yeah, can, you can like you can <laughs> you can put that in there like that that said a lot of, to me that to me that's one reason why I think I stuck around too cuz it said a lot about Mike Mir everybody was you know like looking for this hardcore like you know <laughs> punk that just didn't listen to anything else that, 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 that man knew what he was doing not saying because like yeah you know you had me in the middle. it was like he would encourage me to be like you better play more and I'd be like that don't that sound like something Kamasi would tell me like like keep playing and I'd be like, for real? And he'd be like, he'd drop the mic and walk off stage for a minute. And I'd be like, bass solo! <laughs> Start running with the, you know, it's like, you know, and it, it's, you know, that's kind of why, I, that's, I think that's one thing that kind of kept me with him for a while because of his open mind to like allow that in, you know, like to play, 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 you know. Yeah, it's like, but it's like, it's like, it's like a pendulum. It's like, each person, like, like, this person, like, Steps up and then we all kind of go up and then this person goes up there and which that person goes yeah, like that yeah. and it's like and I think the growth I mean that's a lot of people like look at it as an anomaly like how all of these just like when you hear the other record like when you hear his brother's records and when you oh, when, like when you hear like Brandon Coleman and and and, and like Ryan Porter's working on some music that's just crazy like when you hear all this music people are gonna be like how did all that music come out of one group of kids mm-hmm. that all knew each other and you know how did that happen like that I think it's that it was like a pendulum thing it's like that we all just kept we need to, following each other yeah it's like like I was saying we we are like we would be our own you know because a lot of the older cats they're gone you know and the ones that would you know they're around you you have a conversation with some of them and they, they're ready to stab you before you ask them a question too deep <laughs> well how am I supposed to get to this it's like something you're not supposed to know. So you try to take you out before you get there, you know. But like we, you know, us being very much like in this, you know, trajectory, you know, it's like it's things we needed to see between each other. You know, you need to see it in front of you or hear it, you know, to tag on to what he was saying about it being like a pendulum where you just kind of feed off of each other, you know. It's just, it's, I think it's awesome. Man. These motherfuckers in the background talking about beef jerky. I know. Drinking up all the liquor. Like all the damn gray goose. They conversation gets slightly Uh-oh. volatile. Uh oh. Somebody talking about somebody's mama. <laughs> Here come the pain. Uh, that, that, did that sound like Tony took his knife out? We all know the sound of. Like, is that Tony's knife? Right. We got to cut the interview. We might gotta, we gotta, uh, I'll be right back. 18 and tell them the story about the time uh, we got trapped in the Bahamas. I'll be right back. Oh my gosh. Real life, man. I'm Elia Einhorn, and you've been listening to Kamasi Washington and Thundercat on the TalkHouse Music Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to catch other TalkHouse Music Podcast episodes recorded at Pitchfork Music Festival, including Julia Holter and Broken Social Scene's Kevin Drew, Porch's Aaron Maine and Shamir, BJ the Chicago Kid and Mick Jenkins, and Spencer Tweedy and the band Whitney. A big thank you to Pitchfork for hosting the TalkHouse at the Fest. This episode is recorded, edited, and co-produced by Mark Yoshizumi. 
For another great insight into Thundercat's work, check out the fantastic Song Exploder podcast episode on his song Them Changes. Subscribe to the TalkHouse Music Podcast on Stitcher or iTunes.